Hello and welcome back to the Invader Sports Soccer Show. Today we have a full board. We got two Liverpool fans and me and Adam. We have a Manchester United fan in Luke. And we have an Arsenal fan in Joe, the newest member to our soccer podcast here. And I think it's great to get more and more perspectives so we don't alienate clubs. And uh, yeah, speaking of... Two of those teams just played. Liverpool hmm. played Arsenal. So let me throw it to Joe. Thoughts on that? Look, disappointing result. Obviously, losing at home 2-0. But you're playing Liverpool. They're a world-class team. When, when they step up, they step up. You know, I think the two goals that went in, I think one of the goals, White got faked out. And then I think jota just slipped it past uh, ramsdale didn't have a great game probably his worst game that i've seen him in an arsenal shirt but i think in the sense of kind of zooming out as an arsenal fan and seeing the bigger picture i don't see this as a dent as we were talking about before the podcast in the trajectory of where we're going at the moment i think i'm seeing a lot of good things i think we definitely need to replace or maneuver Lacazette in a way that he could be more involved in, the, in in some of the plays that are going on because obviously his pace certainly lets him down. Off the bench we had Pepe, Nketiah and Smith-Rowe where Nketiah obviously just came on to rest the player. Pepe come on for that unorthodox style up front. Smith-Rowe looked lively when he came on to be honest with you but Liverpool, the better team, they're proving why they're up there fighting against City, former um, European champions and former Premier League champions. So, um, end of the day, not disappointed and and well played Liverpool, fair play. I guess, Adam, you're, you're going to have a few words to say on this victory. I remember we were saying on the way back home, we walked together, uh, that you wanted Firmino to score and I went, why? You know, and he did. So, yeah, over to you. But yeah, I'm not disappointed because at the end of the day, the bigger picture's there. Well, you've made it a lot harder because I was expecting you to have a different point of view on the game for me to be able to shoot it down. Because um, you know, you should never take you should never take Twitter as a as a viewpoint for fans. But but then also our, our mutual friend Dan put an opinion which I I, I haven't gone back to him yet because I'm not ready to have that conversation and argument with him, which I disagree about how the result flattered, flattered Liverpool. I think when you look at the game, yeah, okay, for the first 50 minutes, Arsenal. Arsenal played the best they've ever played against us since Klopp's been, um, been at Liverpool, since Arteta has been manager of Arsenal and played Liverpool, should I, should I say. Um, but that 50 minutes of them playing the best they've ever played was just more them controlling the ball in certain periods, getting back quickly into defensive the, the, their defensive shape when we'd win the ball and stopping us from expressing ourselves rather than if you take out Martinelli from that team who had a great game and I've, I've said it I said it when we played them in the FA Cup on the podcast and I'll say again I, I love that player like if I could go and sign any player probably at the moment apart from the Mbappes and Haaland I'd love to get Martinelli stuff a Klopp player and you know that's why Klopp anytime he does an interview before he plays Arsenal he always seems to single out that player um, but if you take him out and what he done Arsenal didn't really penetrate um, penetrate us. I mean, they had one shot on target, which was from a Thiago sloppy pass. Um, but they didn't really, they didn't open us up. But what they did do well was they held their position. They stopped us from breaking on them. They gave Diaz no space at all. So he wasn't able to express himself. But that takes a toll on the team mentally and physically. And in the second half, they tied out in both areas, whether that was, not being fast enough to get back into shape or just making those sloppy decisions. Um, so, yeah, we got the goal. Ramsdale should have done better. Um, and then we make, you know, the difference between, and it is a difference between we're a, we're a five, six-year project, Arsenal at the beginning of their project. Um, being able to make subs of Salah and Firmino is just, you know, I never thought I'd see it where, you know, we, we bring off world-class players for other world-class players. Um, but, yeah, Martinez had a great game. Uh, what I did like and what I think does show how, how good Klopp is is the difference between us in the second half and first half. He's, he's good at giving the players a kick up the arse. And um, I think you'd notice in the second half as well with Martinelli target trend is that you started to see actually when Martinelli would get the ball, Henderson would sit next to Trent as almost having two right backs and 
you know, for, for the last 40 minutes of the game, Martinelli then didn't really do much. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree with that. I think the quality just wasn't there from us today at the back. I mean, I don't, I hate doing it. I absolutely hate singling out players, but I think we're on a football podcast. Why not? Cedric, he's not good enough. We need a, we need a better backup than than Cedric. Unfortunately, Ramsdale had the worst game I've seen him in an Arsenal shirt. He just that near post save, like he should be getting that. Um, I, I think Saka was, as well. Saka, I was just about who's the next player I was about to mention actually Saka it, I think a few touches he got wrong and I think a few balls came in and he got wrong but you know it, it is what it is and I think Liverpool there was no stopping you today as you said bringing that kind of quality off the bench and people were saying that Liverpool were thin at the beginning of this season it just shows the testament to what 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 Klopp's trying to build there were there were two players one that got man of the match in Joel Matip who's having an outstanding season. He's never been bad for Liverpool, but this is almost like his season. Um, and he's not getting injured, which is great. Touchwood. And he's, he's getting uh, recognition finally. Yeah. Player of the month, man of the matches. Yeah. And yeah. Klopp said it in his press conference uh, the other day. He's always been this good, but now he's getting recognised. I think it's because he's able to put a run of 10, 15 games together without getting injured. Um, but again, taking that away from Fabinho, what a, what a world-class player he, he honestly is. The Just the amount of times where Arsenal looked like they could break and he would be there, he would get that last leg, that last tackle. And the thing I, I love about him, um, which you noticed it in this game between Fabinho and Xhaka, Xhaka will go wandering up that pitch and go on the offensive, which, yeah, he might score a good... A, uh, he might score a 30-yard screamer, which he's done before, which he does have a, the ability, or he could play the pass... But, that leaves the gap open. Whereas Fabinho, he sticks to his position and whenever we get broken on on the counter, he's there to stop it. Amazing base. It's what United need. It's literally what they've called calling out for a player like that. Yeah, but on the same note, uh, I, I was I was saying to Joe, I don't think this hurts Arsenal's top four at all. They still have the games in hand and currently are in fourth place. So I still see them making uh, European competition next season. I think like, it's theirs to lose. It, it really is theirs to lose. As long as they can win one of the one or two of the games they have in hand, they should be they should be fine. So all hope isn't lost for them. But that leads me to my next point. Man City dropped points again. They dropped points again. So now we're looking at this. Four points back, Liverpool has – or no, only one point one back point now. now. One point now. Yeah, be, because we played the game in hand. Yeah. So now April 9th is even more interesting. They won't – as long as Liverpool wins the next game, they can take sole spot in first based on points. Huge. I mean, did we see this two months ago and it being this tight? No, like I didn't. I didn't think I didn't think City would drop as many points as they have, and they've dropped some points over the past month. And that was always our question: like, where is City going to drop points? You're dropping points to Tottenham, Crystal Palace. So even though they have the easier schedule for the rest of the season, I think it's I, I, I think it's leaning towards Liverpool will have the more favorable matchup. I mean, uh, chance. But did you guys see what, what who was it, Silva, that said, uh, yeah. I, I'd rather be in our shoes than Liverpool because they have to come to us to play. I'm not really scared of empty ad. So if they go out and play the game right, if they win that game, it's, it's their league to win. I saw a stat, which is obvious, because if they beat Man City, then they jump them. If Liverpool win the rest of the games of the season, they will be the champions of the EPL. Wild. Wild. And uh Joe, you brought up last week how pretty much every race, the three races are up for grabs. The championship race, the top four race, and the relegation race. And it's what else can he ask for? Nine games to go, or some teams have more because of the COVID stuff. But it's it's really, really getting hot. And uh I'm getting excited. I'm not gonna lie. Cause because dude. Adam, a couple months ago, we were like, if we play them and we're only six points behind, we have a chance. Yeah. But now, but now it's much better than that. 
it's it's much like the road is there. They just got to win the games. So going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Very very excited to see uh, the remainder the remainder of the of the games for City and for Liverpool. So Super Patrick Vieira's mighty army. I've I've got to say, and it's not just because they've taken uh, they've got um, you know they've beaten City and drawn with them this season, but they're probably my outside of Liverpool. They're they're probably one of my favourite teams to watch this season. Um, the way Patrick Vieira's got them playing football, the young players they've got, and I think any team, if I you know if I had to talk to any of the managers that are going to go into these City games, I would say to them. That is the perfect blueprint. Although they didn't win, they got the draw, but Palace had their chances. That is the perfect way when you know you may be inferior to, to them. They have better players. That's the perfect way to play. They, they played they played defensive. They put men behind the ball, but they chose the right moments to press the right players. So they didn't look at De Bruyne or Mares and think, let's, let's go out of position, let's press them because they've got the ability to beat you or play a better pass. But when it was players like Laporte specifically on the ball, there was one moment in the game where Gallagher pressed him and he'd done it in the game. I don't know if it was definitely Laporte, but Gallagher was the linchpin in the first game where they beat them um, at the Etihad. He set the tone for the press and he pressed the players that needed to be pressed and he won the ball. And then they're on the counter. City pushed so many men forward because of the possession they have that then, you know, you've got a two-on-one and they were on. Unlucky not to take any of the chances, but yeah, I think um, to your point, yeah, I, I didn't think we'd be in this position. I, I'm, I'm sort of pinching myself, thinking I'm daring to dream now that we actually might win the league. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Now I'm not going to get crazy and talking about the quadruple yet because there's a lot, a lot of things that could happen. But I do think they have a good chance to win the FA Cup. Decent chance to win the Premier League, but obviously Champions League, you can't really yeah. guess. We're we're gonna make our predictions in uh just a moment uh for the next round for who well we don't know who's gonna play who yet, right? When's the when's no, the draft? It was on Friday. Friday. Okay. Friday. So I mean we could still make based on the teams that are left predictions on who's gonna go through. Um but yeah, you know what? I guess we should should we wait or just make our guesses yeah. do think, both um, we'll do a guess we'll do a guess as well okay yeah so we have so we have uh benfica villarreal chelsea city liverpool Bayern munich real madrid and atletico madrid mm. so you know luke if i'm going to throw it to you out of those who do you think is going the strongest who do you think all the other seven teams don't want to face and what game would you want to see the most? So, uh, I actually think right now the team you would not want to face is Liverpool, to be honest. Um, purely based on momentum. You know, I, I, they're in every competition. They look hungrier than ever. They've now kind of got that extra person up front. So... I think the biggest thing in previous seasons, and it's never really affected Liverpool, but I think kind of the, one of the biggest things was you were relying on Mane, Salah and Firmino kind of playing in week in, week out, right? Where yeah. now you can kind of say, okay, we've got the Champions League during the week. We're going to give Mane a rest and we're going to play Diaz. Or we're going to give yeah. Salah a rest and we're going to play Diaz. Or we're going to give Firmino a rest and play Jota. You've now got enough depth to do that. And that's terrifying. And I think if they get a Bayern Munich, um, or Madrid, and I something like that happens. You've now got one of the best players in the world who's had the weekend off to fully prepare for that game. And I do not think there is another team in the Champions League right now which has that caliber of player that they can rest on the bench. You and know what I want to say? Here, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to round it up. I think that's why Liverpool's a team to fear. Um, and I'd like to see them play. I'd like to see them play Bayern. I don't okay, know if they I, can with how it is. Yeah, they can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they can. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see Man City play Bayern, just so one of the giants gets knocked out. You know, it's a guarantee. What I what I don't want is for Bayern to draw. Uh, you know, one of the lesser teams like Benfica, 
Some uh, Villarreal, maybe even Chelsea. I'm not scared of Chelsea right now with everything they got going on. Atletico is a tough out, but I guess I'd be fine with playing them. But um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. So based, even though we don't know matchups, we could do, uh, you know, we could do it again when, when we see, see the actual matchups. But who do you guys see making it into the next round? Who wants to go first? As in, is uh, it every team to get through or just like as in the, the never mind, ignore me. I'm being stupid. Yeah, like every, every, every team that, that well, would get through to the next round. I think, yeah, I mean, obviously it depends on the draw, but I don't see a semi-final without one of Liverpool and City. I don't see a semi-final without Bayern Munich or Madrid. I think those are the four teams. I think at least two of them, because mm-hmm. unless it were, unless we got a Bayern Munich, Liverpool, Man City, Real Madrid uh, quarterfinals, which would be amazing. Yeah. Um, I think those four teams are the teams that are probably the strongest. I think, yeah, Liverpool got the, the firepower, the momentum, the, the manager, the, the atmosphere. Man City are just a well-oiled, very good team that on their day can take apart anyone. Bayern Munich are sort of typical German, strong, organised, best striker in the world up front. And they just have an abundance of talent as well. Um, and then Real Madrid are a team that I think many people will look at and at first be like, oh, they've got old play. But Ancelotti's a great manager. He's done it before. He can set that team to go and play. They've got the second best striker in the world in Benzema. They've got Modric, who is is aging like a fine wine. And then Alaba, who I think has been a great signing for them, who seems to be, who has replaced Ramos in that leadership. If you watch that game against PSG, he seems to really galvanise the team together. So I think they're the four. And then for me, if I was going to throw a surprise, Unai Emery with Villarreal. Don't sleep on them to get through. Uh, they beat Juventus. Father-in-law will be, be upset, won't he, Dan? But... You know they've done it in the Europa. He he can manage. He can manage these games. He knows what to do, and it wouldn't surprise me if they they threw up a shock. So I think, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. On the on the thing on um, Villarreal being obviously Emery was at Arsenal. The only problem with him is he's too pragmatic. When he's winning a game, he goes way too defensive. Sets back. Like it, it, it never works out for a memory. But I love the guy, and I hope that Villarreal do get through to the next round. Um, my heart's telling me that I think that Real Madrid might win the Champions League. I think they're firing on all cylinders at the moment. As mentioned, Benzema. I know we're both huge fans of him, and I think before, like you don't stay at the top of Real Madrid for that long and and get like undermined and underrated that much. I think he's a fantastic striker. You mentioned ads as well with Modric, brilliant older player. He's the way he played against PSG, absolutely majestic. And you mentioned Alaba, which I was about to say as well, who's proven to be a really, really good signing. So Courtois as well has been really good. They're top of the league now. Momentum's there. Um, My heart, partial Real Madrid fan. So I'd, I'd love them to win it. And I think, Dan, to your point earlier, I actually have to disagree with you on Atletico Madrid. I think they're awful. Um, yeah, I, I said this. I, I, said this I said this when when we done the group stage sort of analysis, and I was like, I, Liverpool won all their games. I was like, Atletico Madrid are awful. And against you, it shows how poor United are. Yeah, that. they made United look awful. Yeah, and United played well in the first half, but it just shows. Yeah. It just shows. And fun enough, I was watching the game with my uncle today and he started talking about United and he said how they played and I said, and he, he, he started to say about Ranić hasn't got a clue and I was like, no, it's, it's nah. not that. If you if you spoke to Ranić and he was honest, he was open and honest with you and you said, the way the team are playing, is that how you that how you visualise football to be played? He would turn around and say no. But the way that club is run, the culture of that club, the having the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer there for three years however long has done more damage has done more damage than keeping Mourinho or, or something else would have done because he has allowed certain players in that group and it's ironic because those certain players that it comes out in the news that they're not happy with Ranić's CV they want a world-class manager 
half of those players, if they get a world class manager, if they went, they'll be out. They'll be out the door. They don't work hard enough. But the thing is, I'm going to cut you off for a second, Adam, because you've you've raised a really valid point. I I don't think this will get talked about enough. I think the extent to what where things are has only just been made clear when you've got a player, when you've got the news coming out about Marcus Rashford and how he suddenly, you know, we're talking about. You know, if we take skill out of the equation, because I do not, I think to a degree he is overhyped. So if we take just his personality um, into account, which is he's very much considered, you know, Manchester's golden boy, especially Man United, but also as Manchester, he's very much represented um, the community there. Um, never really in the past heard a bad word said about him. He's always been, you know, completely commended on everything good that he's done. And the past week, you know, there's like, I think there was uh, a comment the other day about him flipping off fans. Um, he wants a transfer. He does, you know, all these demands that are coming out about him. I don't know how many are true. But regardless, you wouldn't hear anything like this a couple of years ago. And if you've got a player like that, you know, now kind of turning up and acting a little bit different, it shows you the toxicity that must be in that in that club. And the fact that, you know, I, I'm not sure if it, if it was you, Joe, what, some, someone was asking me about it, about um, Anthony Elanga. And he looks like he's one of very few people that actually looks like they want to be there and part of a fight. Yeah. And you, could, you could argue that he, obviously, you know, he's young, he's fighting for a place. But at the same time, Rashford's very much fighting for his place. He can't get in ahead of Alanga, which is crazy to me, and he can't get in ahead of Sancho or, or you know, to a degree, Bruno and Pogba can kind of play on in, in the left mid position if they really had to. You know, he's sitting there complaining, you know, where a couple of years ago, you wouldn't hear a peep. He'd get his head down and crack on. And it might take him a couple of games and a couple of substitutes to, to get, his, get himself into gear. But this whole thing about the complaining, that is... 100% not down to the manager that's down to that group of players and the toxicity has been crazy around them and I do not think that club they could bring in I tell you what they could even bring in someone like Klopp tomorrow that club is not getting fixed until those players are out that's how convinced I am that long-term Ralph is not the answer which everyone knows no one's kind of fooling themselves with that but I think if anyone's coming out and calling Ralph the problem right now it's it's crazy because um, I don't think you can make it more obvious that it's not. It's not. You see, you see the stat today. Uh, Klopp's first fifteen games, he had twenty-two points, and Ralph has twenty-nine. So people are like, you know, cut him some slack. But also, the team that Klopp took over didn't have the talent that Manu has now. It's it's not even that you can't compare season to season. You can't. Teams were, right. teams were completely different back then. You know. The table was completely different. Um, yeah. Circumstances. There's there's too many variables. Um, Mark Goldberg said that, by the way. Well, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, um, but no, I and also I think you know, yeah. Club had players that wanted to be there, so even if you weren't getting the results, I think you know, kind of what Adams was has said in the past, you know. As long as there's a project, as long as you can see the direction, as long as you're gaining some sort of identity, which obviously doesn't come overnight, but as long as you're getting something to that point and, you know, the players are working with you, not against you and not being toxic ourselves, then it, it, it doesn't matter as much to focus on the points. But, you know, you know, I don't have that. And they've no, just I mean- scraped some of those points. Sorry, I will shut up now because I'm just going to go on and tell you. <laughs> Well, no, but to it's, me- it's true what you're saying. Um, sorry, Dan, I just wanted to say, I think... He's agreeing on, with me. Yeah, I know. On what Luke said earlier about, um, you know, if you could get a world-class manager in until you get those players out, I agree. But what I think it will also show is those, even though we can see it, those players still have an excuse of, oh, we've got this manager. He, he was in Russia as a sporting director. He's never really won anything. They've still got that to hide behind. If they get a world-class manager in, what's the excuse to be? We don't like training. Oh, we, he, he's not, you know, he's not picking the, the We don't like best. the style. We don't like the style. We, doesn't like, we don't like training. We don't like the way he talks to us. We don't like the fact he, he benches 
benches the sort of favourites in the club. So they'll have nothing to hide behind. And then it will be, well, you have Mourinho, um, you had you had Mourinho, you had Oli, then you had Ralph come in. Now you've got this world-class manager. Well, you know, as, as I think um, Conte said it about Spurs, and now we can say it about United. The managers change, the players stay the same. The results are the same. So is it the manager or is it the players? And and you, I think, yeah. You can see it in the fan base. You know, I, from what I've kind of seen, I follow quite a few kind of United fan channels, which in the past have been very, very quick to, to call out the manager. And even they're saying a lot of this is really just out of Ralph's control. You, it's just the players. I also would go as far to say, I don't think United can win anything with Maguire at the club. Oh, another bad uh, performance, right? But dude, there was a, a specific clip. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, Maguire's got the ball. He's in his own box. And he's got Varane on one side. And instead of making a simple pass to Varane, where Varane can kind of move it off to the right, um, he does some weird dribbling shit and puts him and De Gea under pressure. And it's like... you. You know, you'd expect that from someone like Mengi, who's, you know, a young centre-back that, in my opinion, should be starting over Maguire. I could not see him making him making that sort of mistake, let alone a somewhat, you know, well, no, an £80 million player who's come in to kind of lead that back line. Doing stupid shit like that, it's beyond me. I don't understand how you can be in the Premier League for all this time, you know, be under pressure and decide, you know what, I'm going to fuck about in the box with the ball and put at, my goalkeeper under pressure at one point you wonder if it becomes arrogance that he he this 80 million pound price tag captain of manchester united uh played well for played well for england against you know the, the countries that you know players are part-time plumbers you know um you'd think if this all goes to his head and he thinks uh, the per- prime example is six months ago roughly he was getting a lot of stick for being for being shit he was getting a lot of stick. Um, no, I think he different. made a mistake. He gave away he gave away a penalty for, for United. Then he went on international duty and they played at Wembley and he scored a header. Can't remember the team, but it was, it was a... It was, do you remember the it, team? Was it like a... It wasn't Moldova. Maybe San Marino. It, it was a on team... On those lines. Yeah, it was a team that if I scored against them, I would be happy, but that's because I'm not very good at football. But a Premier League footballer playing, playing for England... Yeah, you celebrate you scored, but he cut the ears as if to say, "Yeah, do you? Do you yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> you can't but, do that." But what no. I'm saying is, it shows maybe his mentality of yeah. who he thinks he is now that he plays for United, captain, eighty million pound price tags. So that these these we look at them and think they're stupid mistakes, but he's just thinking, "I can do that. I can dribble in my box." That's it. If you look at any I... Premier League era, Maguire would be a journeyman. Yeah. He but would I'm... be. He would be a journeyman. At, uh, I don't know what team specifically, a Southampton, a Leeds, or, or Wolves, or whatever. But I just think the problem with United is just so deep encrusted in the club at the moment. And as an Arsenal fan, I love it. But as a United fan, it must be so frustrating that you're hearing comments about, oh, they're going to knock down the stadium, rebuild it, this, that, and the other. All the all the did, owners did care you... about is share price and commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you hear the Did you hear the rumours about the uh, summer transfer budget? Go for it. 50 million. Oof. I think now, tell a clear me, out's what's needed, though, tell, not but, investment. Yeah, I agree, but tell me. No, see, I agree to you, with you to an extent. A clear out is 100% necessary. But let's see, at absolute minimum, you need a number six. You cannot go into another season without number six, right? Tell me, apart from maybe Abubakari Kamara, uh, Kamara, no, Abubakari Kamara, Anyway, the guy from, from Marseille, the, the number six at Marseille, I think it's Kamara. Um, other than him, who can you go and get realistically for but, 50 million that's world-class and is going to fix the spine of the team? But that's where the problem with United is because their recruitment's not so good. If, if you exactly. tell me, as a Liverpool yeah, fan, yeah. give me 50 million in a transfer window, I'm happy because that's a lot of money because our recruitment, our scouting is so good. We go and find players. And that is the issue with, with United. Don't get me wrong. Yes, United, as the as still the biggest club probably in England, Liverpool, I think, are going to start to overtake that soon again. Um, yeah, go and spend 100 million, 80 million. But, but 
but a good, well-run football club. And yes, I'm a Liverpool fan. I bring up Liverpool a lot, but it's because I think they are at the moment the prime example can turn 50 million water into wine because you have a manager that will bring a player in that you look at and think he isn't world-class when we buy him, but give Mm. me six months, give me one year and I will make him world-class. And United don't have that. They make players worse. They, they, they regress players. But I do, you know, there was a few things. There was deals to be made in January. Obviously we've got um, Kessie who's going out of contract soon. I'm not sure that's the right pick. Right, I, I'll admit I'm not sure that's the right pick, but there are deals to be made, and it's just United. The excuse right now is waiting to see who the manager wants. And I know a couple of podcasts ago, I kind of like that makes sense. To a degree, I think it does, but you gotta have someone, you know, that you can kind of like at least verbally wrap up at this point because it's such. It's such a clear issue. I understand the centre-back situation is a little bit harder to fix because it is an £80 million player that you need to replace. That number six role has needed fixing for arguably at least three seasons. And you're telling me there is no one. How does but that That's the sense? argument, isn't it? It's, of, it's, it's the recruitment argument again. <laughs> if the recruitment yeah. was better, you could spend £15 million and no, then it could be a project player. And I do, I do completely agree with Adam in the fact that 50 million is a lot. And the fact that I'm sitting here kind of acting like, what do you do with 50 million is completely in line with, with what's going on at the club, um, but, which is, which is nuts because they will, they'll go out and, you know, you know, they'll say we'll have 50 million spent and they'll probably go and chuck. I'm not saying they will actually, but it's a United thing to do to go chuck 90, hundred million on rice. Or give Ronaldo or Cavani another contract. Right. Well, Cavani's definitely going, I think. And Ronaldo won't be playing Europa League football next Ronaldo, season. no way he is staying. But, Would you? But, you know, no, you know, I think that yeah. might be Ronaldo's level, but maybe that's a conversation no, for no, another day. Mental. Maybe, maybe the, you know what, that's a good topic for, for maybe next we'll week. We'll do it next week. Because I'll prep to, to I've, I may hate United and I may be a Liverpool fan, but I still see, love Ronaldo. See, Adam, I love Ronaldo. I yeah, love but Adam. he's still that game against that game at the weekend against Tottenham proved that he's it's not him in anyway. He he's still he's dragging. This is the worst team he has played in. Look at the in Look because, at because it's true because this is the worst team he has <laughs> played in since he's ever been a footballer. But we'll we'll bottle this up and save it for the yeah. next podcast because it will be a fun topic. Yeah, actually, for a week trying to bottle. This I want to. I definitely want to do this next week because I saw a tweet today that the it, it was someone saying Ronaldo is better than Messi, and they have a reason why. They said Ronaldo could go to a team like Millwall and still score a hat trick, whereas Messi, you know, maybe he's just getting older and he's not doing well with PSG, but it seems like. His, you know, obviously the massive success he has was with Barcelona. So can he re- replicate that anywhere else, or is he just shot? I mean, the, the Messi and Ronaldo debate, I think, will never ever go away. Ever. It won't. But it to won't. me, the reason I, I, I think Messi is the more talented player. But I think the, what Ronaldo's shown is, you know, if you look at how he started at United, who was not by any means a good finisher, right? He was. I mean, he, he was shit, to be honest. Couldn't shoot. But the dedication that he's shown, and if you look at kind of how much his finishing improved, you know, it's the, it's the hard work. He's got there f- through hard work and not so much out and outright talent, if that makes sense. I'm, I'm probably not explaining this very well. but And that's not to say Messi hasn't put in the work. Obviously, he has, but I think... If you're going off technical ability, Messi's the better player. Ronaldo's worked his ass off, been in training longer than anyone around him, and gone to multiple teams and succeeded with multiple teams. Right. And that's why, to me, I would regard him as the better player. But Messi's the more gifted, technically gifted player, in my opinion. I agree. One, one more question on uh, Man U. So I've been seeing a lot of hate on Bruno Fernandes that he does not show up in big games. Now, take that with a grain of salt, but any chance that they sell Bruno? Honestly, there is not, other than Alanga, 
since he's come through, he's just one of these players. But I've just it's it's like a, a silver lining and just a pile of dog shit to be honest. Um, uh, apart from him, I honestly would not care if anyone in that team left in the summer. Okay. I uh, really. I, I, no, I no genuinely. I I think so. Actually, no, I disagree. I think I think Sancho's starting to get to a point where it's like. You know, we're starting to see glimpses of his Bundesliga form. The guy, the guy, Pogba. Honestly, all uh, these Pogba players. I think, I think. No, but I mean, it's who would you want to keep? Yeah, no, I think the thing the is, Haya, these though. are all these are all big names. But at the moment, I think it's genuinely better to just scrap it and just start from scratch. I think De Gea is one of those ones where I'm on the fence with. If he goes, he goes. But ideally, he stays. Right, but. Anyone else, I genuinely think they're replaceable in terms of mentality. I think you'll get players that maybe are not as gifted or as like world-class, but if they want to be there and they put in the time and effort, do you not think there's there's a lot of, exactly like what Adam was saying, right? You know, you've got a lot of players at Liverpool who came in and you kind of think, who's this guy? Or, you know, they aren't these superstars. They want to be there. They work hard and they turn into those superstars. And I'd rather United did something like that. I don't, the, the worst thing they can do is go buy another Pogba or go buy another Ronaldo or wherever it might be. Yeah. That's clearly not worked. It's, you know, turn the, the, the chain, changing room into shit. Go buy these players that are hungry. And that's the one thing I'll say about Bruno. You know, he came in and it was a step up from, from the Portuguese league. And if you look at kind of, where he was at the beginning and the energy that he had compared to a lot of these players that have been there for a couple of years, he fucking wanted it. Like he wanted yeah. to be there. He wanted to win. And then we need to go get more players like that. You know, who, who they see it as a step up versus a stepping stone to your Bayerns, to Real Madrid's, to your wherever. And I think that's the difference. That's how United need to start recruiting is by looking at those players who see United as a final destination and not a stepping stone. So, okay. I think an issue United are going to have is around, obviously they haven't got a manager at the moment. Well, no, they've got a manager, but they haven't, you know, we don't know who their next manager is going to be. So, you know, if there are players there that are deciding, and we're going to talk about now one player that is decided about his future, we're looking at players that may have multiple clubs in for them. If you don't know the manager, if you don't know the project, you might think, well, I, I'm going to I'm going to skip United, and and one player that United have been linked to, a lot of clubs have been linked to, and funnily enough, while we're doing this podcast, Fabrizio Romano tweeted about 20 minutes ago, Erling Haaland a decision will be made soon. Yeah. Decision will decision will be about club project manager. It makes you think, what 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 club, what project, what manager is is this? You know, next generation, next Ronaldo, next Messi more Ronaldo next Ronaldo. and and he said it's not all about money no so it seems like with a he pinch could... of salt though for his agent got, is yeah when yeah. you've got um, that agent uh, if you know they, they were talking Ronaldo. about half they were talking about half a million but I think if we in my opinion if, if we ruled money out in terms of half a million if we ruled that out because instantly that rules Liverpool out and that rules some clubs out I think there there are there are three clubs that I think he should choose. I think he either replaces Lewandowski at Bayern Munich, and then for the next 10, 15 years, he just becomes an absolute beast. He breaks he would break Lewandowski's records because I think he'll be there longer than Lewandowski because Lewandowski went to Bayern, although he was at Dortmund before banging goals, went to Bayern a bit later on. I think he goes to Real Madrid and completes that Real Madrid and Mbappe. Or again, maybe because I'm being biased, but he goes and joins Klopp and <laughs> and we have this amazing front six and he just becomes an absolute hero, but that won't happen. Um, so I'm, I I would love to see him go to Bayern Munich and, and take yeah. over from Lewandowski. I think that'd be quite nice. Yeah. I'm with you on he, that, Ads. As long as he does not go to Man City. Yeah. I can't see him fit in the Man City style, to be honest with you, because whenever I've watched him at... Uh, Dortmund is the over-the-top balls and through balls. I can't see City playing no, like that. No, you're wrong. They I, do yeah, play I'm, like that, though. They do also, play like that, though. I, I think Haaland is not one of these players like Kane where he needs a certain stuff. I think Haaland goes into any team and yeah, but, smashes it. But Man City, I know they don't play typical long ball, but 
when you look at a lot of their goals, a lot of them is De Bruyne or Foden, you know, or Mares either putting the cutting inside, putting the crosses, or putting in those first time early balls that need someone like Haaland there. So it's not the typical long ball over the top, but it's clever through balls. And and also, if you watch the game against Palace, Man City, uh, Man City, Crystal Palace, the amount of times you know Man City spent the majority of that game in the final third of City of Palace's um Palace's end, passing it, passing it, passing it, passing it, passing it, getting down the byline into the box and just trying to cross it in. And there was a couple of times where um, I think it was Bernardo Silva or Grealish missed like an easy, uh, easy opportunity. But apart from that, they had no presence there. And if you put Haaland there, he doesn't take one, two. He probably, he probably will take three defenders that will all look and think, oh, shit, there's the big man. So even if he's not scoring, he then opens the space <laughs> for so many players. And that's what City are missing. They're missing that one player, that central player that takes away that takes away two defenders from the game that then the space just opens up to the wingers. I and, uh, I still think there's more of a chance to get Harry Kane than Haaland for some reason. I'm oh, thinking think they probably so want so. Harry Kane more than Haaland. Yeah, if, if they too. want Champions League, if the thing is if the, and they and Guardiola keeps saying, you know, oh no, more than you believe the Premier League, more than you believe the Premier League, not the Champions League. Okay, mate. Look, it's great what he's done, one of the best managers ever. Yeah, it might be a checkbook manager, but he still produced some of the best teams. But Mancini and Pellegrini, they won the Premier League. At, yeah, they didn't win it playing the most amazing football compared to your team, but they won the Premier League. You were brought you were brought in to win the Champions League. It will be, it won't be a failure. No, he's won so many trophies, but realistically, you were brought in to win the Champions League. That being said then yes, you go for Harry Kane because you've got a couple more years of Guardiola left. You bring in the finished article. Yeah, that quote-unquote Premier League like quality. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah, you get two seasons out of him. Similar to before Alex Ferguson wanted to leave United, he wanted to win one more Premier League. So he had to go and get a ready-made Oh, don't two, remind two me. More years. Don't so remind and, me. So he went and went and got Robin Van Persie and he had one of the, oh. he had the best season of Robin, his career. Scored some amazing goals. One of my favourite non-Liverpool goals is Van, Van Persie versus Aston Villa. Yeah. So he done that. Whereas if you bring Haaland in, although he's amazing now, it's not necessarily, it's still a, it's still a bit of a diamond in a rough that you need to polish. Um, so that's a... A, a long-term legacy. That's why I think Bayern Munich is so perfect for him because Bayern Munich won't be the sort of team that go through peaks and troughs. They're very much on the top. So he can go there. He can develop in a league he already knows. He'll bang goals. He'll he'll score more goals and he'll still get that European glory. So I think that would be perfect for him. But yeah. maybe he wants to try another league or he does hey, man. money. But it... it... Sorry, I'm sorry. If he's trying to win the Champions League, Byron seems like the best spot for him to go. They know how to do it. They really know how to do it. So, Luke? Um, yeah, I think this is the thing. I, I, I think he will end up at Bayern, but part of me is like, does he have that Ronaldo mindset of going to different leagues and doing it in different leagues? Right. I, mean, I know he hasn't won a title at Dortmund, um, but is it going to be a case of what I've, I've, you know, accomplished whatever he might feel he needs to accomplish in in the Bundesliga and move to the Premier League, or maybe he might go to Bayern and think, well, I want to want to win the league in in the Bundesliga, maybe win a Champions League, and then I go to the Premier League, or then I go. But I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll see out a career at Bayern. But that's personally. why it's. That's why it's, in a sense, it's such a shame the way football's gone yeah. in, terms, in terms of money because before, 20, 20 years ago, you could be a player that could go to a club, become their best player, but you're still affordable. The issue is now when these, these top players go to clubs, they're, they're, they've got to run down their contract, which is like five years They've, they've instead of you know sort of going there for a few years and then a club putting in a reasonable offer, but now a reasonable offer, there's only certain there's only three or four clubs in the world that can now you know if Ireland went to Bayern Munich and then in three four years time, 
you know, because between then he'd sign a new contract, extend it, extend mm. it, but then he got to a point where he's like, right, we saw it with Lewandowski last season. If, if the rumours be true, Lewandowski wants a new challenge. But Bayern Munich wanted 100 million for Lewandowski. That yeah. club's going to pay 100 million for Lewandowski, best striker in the world because of his age. So imagine what price they're going to put on Haaland. Well, I think that's the thing, right? Because what we saw was, you know, it's, it's crazy that we're having the conversation of, oh, Haaland's 75 million this summer. That's that's a bargain. It's a once in a life. It's literally a once in a lifetime. You will not get, I mean, you've got Mbappe on a free, Haaland on 70 to 80 million. And possibly if he doesn't sign a contract, you'll have Salah on a free next season, possibly, which means oh. if, if we're going to set, if he's not, if he's definitely not going to sign a contract, we will sell him. So you'll have, you'll have three of the best players, one, the best player, and then two of the up and coming best players, this transfer window, all for a steal. And then once that's happened, uh, th- th- that won't happen Ooh. for a long time again. Yeah. Oh, let's not yeah. forget Divock Origi on a free as well this, this summer. <laughs> <laughs> will Honestly. he ever leave will he ever leave uh, I think this season will be the season where it looks you, like he is going to leave do you think Salah will stay I think so I he's think so he's asking for a lot for Liverpool he'll stay yes. I think he will stay because well the, the thing is uh, the thing is if if Klopp turned around to our owners and said you give Salah 450k they would do it that's how much faith they have in that man that's how much he runs that yeah, football what does club. it do to the wage structure oh yeah i know but that's what i mean if if klopp turned around and said it yeah. he would so klopp wants salah to sign we all want salah to sign salah wants to stay but it's also i think klopp that is saying i want you but i know i know the line i think salah will sign because I, he doesn't want to leave liverpool he doesn't want to leave the premier league so he then he he then has to go and join Man City. Would be the, the only team, the only team Man City in the Premier League, and also then obviously you've got PSG, maybe Real Madrid or Barcelona. But I don't I don't think what we're offering him, him as a wage. I don't think any other club apart from PSG and Man City can beat because we are offering him so much. So I think he'll sign. How 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 much would you love to see him in a United shirt? Oh God! Nah. <laughs> I mean, it obviously wouldn't happen, right? I'm not stupid, but can't remember how, the last. But what would that do to you? Ah, uh, it would be ah, uh, it would be fine. You know, he'd, he'd he'd take them for mugs. He'd earn all that money and win nothing. So, um, I, I think it would have been um, Paul Paul Wince might have been the last player that played for United, and and it doesn't. Again, it's it's a shame with football that doesn't happen anymore either. We used to have like Figo went from Madrid, Barca to Madrid and the fans threw a pig's head at him during uh, the Barcelona fans threw you, a pig's you had, head at you him. Had, uh, Tevez to Tevez. Steve. That's what I mean. It, but it doesn't happen anymore because these clubs have all got so much money that they just like, yeah, we don't need to sell. Even Arsenal, even Arsenal do not sell their best players to United anymore. Mm. So you know. All right. Well, to to circle back on who I think is going to go through. I really do think the top four teams in City, Liverpool, Bayern, and uh, who is the other one? Real Madrid. I think at least two of those teams will play each other next round. I got a weird feeling. So I think there's going to be a team that sneaks through, not one of those teams, because obviously one of them would lose in that scenario. So I know you guys are down on Atletico, but say they draw Benfica. I still think Benfica, Benfica could beat. I yeah, I still think Benfica could, could give them a really, really good game. Honestly, this this Atletico Madrid team, I do not think much of it. Watching watching them play, and um, and it might be a case of. I mean, I don't watch the, the Spanish league like I catch highlights, so can't really speak. But it could be that you know Simeone needs a a change needs a refresh that team needs a you know a bit like Wenger although it's not as long but you know everything sort of runs its course so maybe that's what they need but yeah I don't I don't think much of them well when the uh when the draw happens we'll we'll do an episode maybe just on that uh right after it happens maybe we can do a weekend episode or something like that just to talk about that 
so we can see who's playing each other and we can see it'll start to form together on, okay, this team has a chance to go through this one doesn't. So we'll have to do another episode, maybe a bonus episode some point this weekend. If we can, if not, we'll try to get it out on uh, Monday, but Ronaldo uh, debate we'll have, we'll, we'll, we will have that then. Ronaldo, is he, is he finished? Is he washed up or is it a United curse? I don't think he's washed up. No, but I think, yeah, Joe just knows less about football than I do. Yeah, I'll put up a really good case. To be fair, Luke, although although he got an assist in the last 20 minutes, he played well. I thought Thiago had a poor game today. So, So, yeah. Yeah. It happens. Makes me smile. You're finally (laughs) realising. Yeah. (laughs) Terrible player. I think I'd rather have... Harry Maguire in midfield than Thiago. Yeah, well, oh no, you do, you do you well, don't mean that up front. <laughs> I'd rather have a Premier League. I'd so. rather have five Maguires than one Thiago. <sighs> Did you see Maguire in uh, Ronaldo bump heads? In uh, uh in yeah, like a... they fell into it. They fell into it. Yeah, yeah. Well, sloppy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Any uh closing comments you guys got? No uh, FA Cup this weekend. So it's going to be a bit of a boring. Not many Premier League games. But I tell you what, and again, I know I always bring it back to Liverpool, but it's going to be a dangerous game, actually, because Nottingham Forest are on a lot of form at the moment. They, they are. are playing re- they are playing really well. So that is going to be a good game. But yeah, it um, will be interesting to see how Arsenal bounce back against Villa as well. Um, because that, that, in my opinion, that is more of a test now than the Liverpool. I think them losing and going to Villa is is sort of the test of this yeah. Arsenal team. If yeah, Villa are a good side. Yeah. So, yeah, the bounce back yeah. of Arsenal. Let's see what happens. All right. Well, we got a lot to cover in the coming days. Like like I said, hopefully we can do the actual group stage breakdown after the draw as soon as we can and uh, cover some FA Cup games. So, a lot more going on. Plenty of competition still up for grabs, and the race is on, and it's very exciting. So I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank uh, Joe, Luke, and Adam. You guys are great. Cheers, Dan. And, as well. uh, thank you. Yeah. Have a good week, everyone. We will see you soon. See you later. See you guys. All right. Oh, thank you.